It's the RU Review at moresportsnow.com, brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. I'm Steve Titchener in our Jersey studio. I'm joined by Matt Lachlan in Toronto. And we welcome to the show Rutgers Radio play-by-play announcer Chris Carlin. Chris, thanks for taking some time with us. Pleasure to. How are you guys doing? Well, pretty good. I mean, Rutgers not so good. A rather painful second half from Rutgers and Madison. They just couldn't stop the run, Chris. And we've seen this before. It's really just math, isn't it? <laughs> they, they're not big enough, and Rutgers it has to get bigger up front because they just couldn't stop them. It's bigger. It's, it's having to get bigger. It's depth. It's, it's a couple of those things. And it's, you know, that's what they do. That's, that's what Wisconsin does. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, uh, despite having a, a quieter game the week before, is still the leading rusher in the country. And you saw why uh, last week. So, look, it's, it's one of those things where it is a big physical offensive line that you're going to have to deal with. And they were getting to the second level uh, pretty consistently in that second half. So, um, and part of that, too, is, is also being able to stay on the field offensively long enough to to give your defense a break and also to you know just more than anything else keep the ball out of their hands um and uh those were two things uh in the second half you know they were they were better offensively in the second half but um not quite good enough you know they you know it was one of those games you could slowly and steadily see the improvement uh, but it's still not quite there yet Chris, i know when we've had guests who follow Rutgers, but in different mediums, we've asked them this question, and I'll give it to you. And what's your view as to what went wrong? Because so many people, uh, including ourselves here uh, on this show, were optimistic that while a big bowl bid was not in the offing, certainly Rutgers could be bowl eligible. It wasn't going to be easy, but they could get that elusive sixth win and go to the postseason the way the schedule set up and with some optimism off of last year, and they just fell flat on their face. What's your point of view as to where it all went wrong? You know, Matt, I think it's a few things. Um, I think it's, uh, first of all, you know, the I think we all did not necessarily figure the learning curve to be what it has been uh, for Art Sitkowski at quarterback. Uh, that's been part of it. You know, they've just turned the ball over entirely too much this year. And you know, with him, you can see some of the progress and that he hasn't turned it over in the last two games. But you also have to make some plays, too. And he's, I mean, he's getting there. Uh, I'm confident that eventually he'll be a pretty good quarterback. But that, that learning curve was a lot steeper than maybe we thought it was. Um, I think, secondly, just, you know, depth on defense, uh, on the lines, uh, really, I, I should say, just on the interior line on both sides of the ball. I, I think the offensive line um, hasn't played nearly as well as they would have hoped. Um, but at the same time, I think that, uh, you know, on the defensive line, you look around the conference and, you know, any good, any real good defensive line group has eight, nine guys that they can rotate uh, in and out. And right now you're talking about Rutgers playing five or six. And, you know, that that's not a recipe for success um, when it, it's the physical position that it is. It, it has to be better. Um, and, and from that standpoint, uh, I think it's been uh, disappointing. But if I had to point to, to a couple of things, I, I would say that. I would also say that, that – 
you know, uh, to go back to art, it hasn't all been art's fault either. I think the wide receivers have really, uh, as a position group, not, not performed to the level that, that they would have hoped this year. Um, and that's, you know, that's something that has to get better. You know, they're whether just not winning routes enough or, or winning their one-on-one matchups, you know, those are a couple of things that have to, that just have to be better to allow uh, you to, do things well on offense. You know, if you can run the ball, that's great, but you, there also has to be a threat of being able to make some plays downfield, and they haven't been able to do that this year. Yeah, and I'll give credit to Arthur Sikowski. I mean, listen, he can take a hit. Um, it's not forcing the ball in the coverage like he was earlier in the season. He's moving around a little bit more in the pocket. Uh, you know, so he has some accuracy issues. Uh, he overthrows the ball a lot. He throws it really hard. Um, but I agree with you, Chris. He needs uh, he needs help. He needs help from these receivers. They can't drop the ball like they are, and and uh, and they you know he's he's throwing in the coverage a lot of times because no one's open. I mean, so so uh, you know the wide receivers have to get separation. We've been talking about it all season. He definitely needs help on that end. Well, he's just trying to you know he's trying to make some plays, and um, I, I understand that. You're right. Um, you know, this last week in particular. He really stood in the pocket and took some shots, and and actually delivered the football uh, in in more uh, situations than not. And I was pretty impressed by that. Um, I think that uh, you know, look, the, as a group, you just have to perform better, um, and there's 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 no getting around that. So I think that these are uh, you know they're 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 situations where um, you know going through a season like this can help down the line uh, because it is an incredibly young football team. Uh, but you're hoping that it really helps going into next year that you're able to get uh, bigger. You're able to get deeper. Uh, you're able to, you know, really uh, expand on what happened this year and, and start to show some, uh, not even start, but I think there was, there has been some progress, but this year uh, it's been a disappointment. I, I think to get back to that level of progress that we had kind of seen, uh, at times in the last year. In the loss to Wisconsin, Chris Raheem Blackshear moved to that slot spot and responded very well. Is Michigan going to get a dose of him there? Is, is he going to move there full-time, or are they still trying to figure out what's the best way to use uh, a pretty good offensive weapon? Yeah, I don't think they're going to move him there full-time yet. Um, John McNulty said that uh, this week that they had, you know, they certainly have talked about it at different times, but you know, I think that was one of those situations where you look at a guy who can make plays and they did a good job of figuring out how to get him the football in some space. And he said as much after the game that, that you know, that's where he can have the biggest impact on the game. So I, I think at any game you're going to see the, you know, Raheem Blackshear touching the football as much as possible. But I wouldn't anticipate them moving him out of the, um, uh, out of the running back spot full-time Yet I think you're going to see him in a lot of different positions, but I, I also think they like what they've seen from Isaiah Pacheco, um, who needs to continue to, um, you know, get better in things like pass protection, things like that. But you know, I, I have a feeling you'll see him more down the, down the stretch of this season. But with Blackshear, um, I, I don't think it's a full-time switch. At least you know, I don't, I don't anticipate that for, for this season at least. Which is a little curious. I mean, we saw him last year and how he was used. I mean, really, he's Rucker's best receiver. And uh, he had a big game uh, on Saturday. And you'd 
thought you'd see more of that earlier in the season. Um, but they, uh, for, for whatever reason, McNulty likes him uh, as a back. Uh, is, are they just not sure about Pacheco? Or how, how, what do you think's going on there with McNulty? No, I, I think that it's one of those things of wanting to keep them guessing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, you know, because you can do so many things with him, I think they don't want to strictly limit him to just that. I think they want to put him in a lot of different spots and try to get him the ball in a lot of different ways. Look, they have to do things right now, um, you know, to just to just keep teams as off balance as they can. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thought process behind it right now. So is there anything do you think they can do successfully against a, just a, a, a fantastic defense in Michigan? I mean, it, it, look, it appears, I mean, a 39-point underdog here going into to this game on Saturday. Uh, what What's the formula, Chris? Listen, I think the formula is execution. It, it's just execution. There's no doubt that Michigan's a great team. Um, but we've seen this team executed some spots and and continually get a little bit better and i think that it's just that it's it's continue to progress um it's a tall task to beat a team like michigan uh don't get me wrong um but i i just think it's one of those things where um there's no magic formula you just have to you have to execute you can't shoot yourselves in the foot and they've you know, they've gotten better at that. They were doing that quite a bit earlier in the year in terms of penalties. Uh, those haven't been nearly as as, uh, as bad uh, of late. It's just a matter of taking care of your own business and not worried about who's lining up against you. It's more worried about um, your own execution because – that's all it boils down to right now. You know, you can you can look at the game and look at the point spread and and get caught up in it. And I listen, I get it, but I think at the same time, you know, they were thirty point underdogs last week at at mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin, and they hung in there pretty good, uh, especially in early in the uh, you know in the first half and just ten nothing, and then second half coming back and putting some points on the board. They didn't play bad. They didn't play all that badly against a, you know, Wisconsin team that's big and physical. That it may not be a, a top five team, but they're still a very good Big Ten team. So I think, you know, look, beating Michigan's going to be tough. There, there's no getting around that. But at the same time, they're not at the point where you you worry about all of that stuff. They still have to just worry about continuing to improve and execute the things that that they're supposed to do. And I know it sounds cliche, but it's never really been more true than right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everyone knew the gauntlet at the end of this schedule uh, was certainly a huge challenge, and they did and have played a little better as of late. It's not resulted in a win. You look at the Northwestern game. You look at, as you mentioned, that first half on Saturday – so there's some progress seen, but this is a, a huge task, obviously. And I don't know that anyone in their right mind is looking at this as any chance of a victory. It's just going to be stay there and show some show some poise, execute, as you said, and try to make this a little bit of a game. But, boy, I just don't know how that happens. I think in, deep inside, everyone's worried about another route like we saw a couple of years ago. Do you think that's possible? you think that anything's possible, of course, but do you think it, it is likely that they could be routed as they were recently, or is it going to be a little more competitive? Right. That they've shown enough signs that they can stick with Michigan for a while and make this a 
at least look good on the scoreboard. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be what we saw a couple of years ago. Uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if that was the case. I, I think that, um, look, there's, there's no getting around what the record is, but um, they could absolutely get beat up by Michigan, but so could uh, 99.9% of the teams of the country right now. I don't think it's going to be like that, though. I, I really don't. And um, I, I'm just uh, – I, I think it's a team that right now um, feels a little bit better about itself. And, you know, Michigan is obviously trying to make a point. But um, if, if I'm Rutgers going into this game, it's kind of what, what do I have to lose? You know, just let it fly and, and and have some fun and keep it light this week. That's that's kind of where I would be with it. You know, yeah, they, they want to continue to progress, but nobody expects anything from them anyway across the country as it is. So why not just, you know, go out and, and um, perform to the best of your ability and see what happens. It, look, I'd be surprised if it was, as, you know, that was an ugly night. I'd be surprised if it was that bad again. I would really be stunned. Also, as good as Michigan's uh, defense is, you know, their offense isn't lighting up the world. So, uh, you know, the way Rutgers' defense has been playing lately, perhaps uh, they can slow them down. Of course, the concern is, is, you know, there's bigs up front and and just that big push and not being able to stop the run again. Do you think that would be the case this Saturday? Yeah, well, I mean, I I think that was – if you went back and looked at it, you know, a lot of people, well, Harbaugh ran it up and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they ran the ball a lot in the second half. They mm-hmm. really did. And, yeah. and Rutgers just didn't stop them. But that was that was more about, you know, missed assignments and missed run fits and things like that, the kind of things that you just cannot be doing. Um, and I think that's where they'll look at it and say, uh, okay, this is – as long as we're doing – some of the things that we're supposed to be doing, it's not going to be like that a couple of years ago. As long as we're, you know, not making the mental errors on on plays and such, we're going to be okay. Um, but you're right. I mean, uh, listen, I think, you know, Michigan, another very – this is what the Big Ten is. It's an incredibly physical football team, and, um, and their defense is outstanding. So – uh, you know, not much you can do other than just kind of walk into the game and play it and see what happens. As things started to unfold here in the season, Chris, there was some rumblings about whether or not Chris Ash is the man for the job. Steve and I have debated this back and forth, and Steve's very frustrated as a Rutgers grad and the season ticket holder also uh, the way this season has gone. And I have said that People don't realize the depths to which the program had fallen and the work that is needed to get them to a competitive level. And I don't know in the East whether or not they really are ever going to be able to be considered a championship contender given who else is in that division. So what I'm going to say or ask is the talk has died down about whether or not Ash should be let go by A.D. Pat Hobbs. But what do you see about Chris? I mean, do you see that he's the man for this job. Uh, might there be a change? Can he be the coach who leads Rutgers out of this football wilderness? Yeah, I know people are frustrated. Uh, I have a lot of confidence in Chris. I do. I think that, um, you know, there, there's a few things there to unpack, right? Um, you know, you think about uh, what Rutgers has really been paying for uh 
a couple of the sins of, of years past. And when I say sins, I mean, think about 2013, 2014, and the decommits and the, the level of player that stepped away and, and didn't come. I mean, 12, 13 decommits was crushing. And it's all about recruiting. That, that's what it's all about. And, and um, you fell to the depths that you did in terms of the talent level. So you have to get back and try to improve that. But you also have to find guys that you can develop uh, along the way. And I think you have guys that are in the middle of developing, that we're not ready to walk in and you know be a five-star uh, player that steps on the field and does everything right and uh, makes a major impact as a freshman. You know, Rutgers had this run of bowl games of eight, you know, eight in nine years, and it was a great run. But there's no doubt that this is a different time, and you're in a conference now where you have to take it to a whole new level. Look at what Greg Schiano did um, in early 2000s. Well, he was able to do that by developing players. Um, fans seem to forget that before they took it, you know, the the real step forward, uh, they took a step back. You went from um, 01 and 02 into 2003, where you won five games, and everybody's thinking the next year, bowl game, here you go. And they took a step back. You know, they won four games that year. They lost a game to New Hampshire. Um, so it took another year or two before they really took that uh, next step forward. And I think people kind of forget what that took. And, and just keep in mind that that was in the Big East at the time. You know, this is in the Big Ten. And listen, nobody likes losing. Nobody likes watching what's going on right now. But you keep changing things every few years. It gets more and more difficult. Um, I know people want to scream and yell about the coach, but there's if there's one thing you need, it's consistent. Excuse me, it's consistency, and that's something that Shiano did and built them into a program that had that run. And unfortunately, over the last couple of years, uh, you know, or the last few years, I should say, the recruiting fell off. They paid for it. And now they're trying to build their way back, but they're trying to climb a steeper mountain in doing it. So, you know, they're not a, they're, they haven't been a blue blood, uh, but they have to be able to develop players. And I think that's where, I, I know it's a four-letter word, but patience has to enter into this. And nobody hates hearing it more than, than fans in New Jersey. I get that. But just remember, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and... I think this is still a, a program that is in progress right now, and you have to just have some faith that it's going to go in the right direction. Harder to do when you take that step back this year. I don't think the head coach expected this, but here you are, and now you have to go from there and figure it out. Well, you're listening to What's the Chris Ash like. Pull back the curtain a little bit uh, on the man we see on the sidelines and at the podium after games discussing uh, what happened and what will happen. Who is Chris Ash? I mean, he, listen, Chris is a guy that, you know, this frustrates the hell out of him. <laughs> of, course he did. of course he wants to win. You know, of course he didn't um, expect this. I think Chris is a guy that is just constantly trying to focus on 
the process of getting his team better. It's not, I'll give you an example, okay? The second you have a bad loss on a road trip, you know, you could, you could get on the plane and you could think, all right, you know, he's probably decompressing a little bit. The guy's already watching film. You know, the, the, the staff is already watching film. What went wrong? Let's fix this. What do we have to do? Um, it's constant evaluation. It's constant uh, trying to figure it out. Um, and I think that, you know, he's, he's, a someone, he's someone that just honestly lives, eats, and breathes football. It's really true. Um, I remember a couple of years ago we were talking about, uh, you know, holiday plans and all that and uh, off the air and, you know, who's coming in for Thanksgiving. And he just kind of looked at me and he said, you know, honestly, I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, he, that's what it is. He, he, he is just so uber focused on his job and trying to fix this that, um, you know, so, so much of, uh, so much of, of everything else. He's just got such a, a great dedication to it that, that other things, you know, this is what he's got to do. And, and, um, his family's, you know, around the program a lot, um, his wife and his kids. So uh, listen, I think Chris is a, Chris is a good guy who wants nothing better than for this program to be, um, what he envisions. He, he knew what he was getting into when he took the job. And, you know, we don't make things easy in New Jersey, you know, it's just, it's just not the way things are. So, um, I, I think he's, but at the same time, he's very consistent. He's, he doesn't, you know, because they lost a bad game, he doesn't blow his top, um, at every last second. It's just, you know, you, you take what happened, you learn from it, you move on, and you keep the message consistent. You're listening to the RU Review, sponsored by Zebra Pen. We're talking to Chris Carlin, and one more from me, Chris, and then we'll let you get on your way to New York. Uh, you, uh, give us a day in the life, uh, a, a game day prep on Saturday. I, nice to have a 3.30 uh, start, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it'll be nice this week to have a 3.30 start, there's no doubt, because those those – Noons and even uh, you know on the road we go to Wisconsin or anywhere else in the Midwest and it's 11 a.m. It's oof, you know I, I Maddie knows all about you know late night travel and all that. I mean I Friday to work last Friday do do the show and then uh, take the trip to Wisconsin. Didn't get to Madison probably until 12:30 at night and then you have an 11 a.m. game the next day. It's you know it, 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 it's a quick turnaround, but. Um, for me, game day is just, um, I, I love getting to the stadium probably three hours in advance and just kind of getting all of my stuff uh, set up the way you like it. And then, that, you know, maybe I'll go out and, and take a stroll through the parking lot, say hello to some friends and such. But And then I'll just get out in the field and get a, get a little feel for uh, what's going on down there, what's the wind like, all that kind of stuff, and watch some warm-ups before I get back and, and get ready for, for the game itself. And, you know, depending on how things are after the game, I'm usually pretty, pretty wiped after the game. But, uh, you know, maybe you stop by a tailgate or something and say hello. But generally speaking, I, I'm somebody that uh, wants to get home and maybe toss back a you know cold one or two. 
And you have a great uh, rapport. Nothing wrong with an adult beverage, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, you have a great rapport with uh, Ray Lucas. You guys seem to have a lot of fun. It must be really fun to work with him. It really is. You know, with Ray and with Eric, it, it is fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're, 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 sometimes it's too much fun. You know, mm-hmm. you're just kind of having uh, so much fun talking to each other and, and uh, you know. And it makes such it, it just it makes it really enjoyable every Saturday for me it's you know it's it's not a it's not a job where uh, you know it's it's paying it's paying the bills necessarily but it's yeah. it's one that I just love so much and that's why I do it and Fooch those guys yeah, all went out to Fooch, some, oh don't forget Fooch yeah they went out to a great <laughs> burger joint or something and you, oh, yeah. you couldn't even get in you weren't even in town you know? yeah, exactly <laughs> I mean they, they I always hear the same thing uh, when I when I meet them on Saturday morning if I've flown in separately. How was dinner? Good. Ate like we were going to the electric chair. <laughs> uh, good, good stuff. Well, it's uh, always a thrill to have you on, Chris. Hopefully, we can get you maybe later in the season, uh, kind of a wrap up thing. But uh, uh, I guess you got to get on your way to uh, work, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We get in. We'll do the show today. Looking forward to that. Okay. All right, so uh, Matt in uh, Toronto. Chris, thanks again. That'll do it for this week's RU Review, brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. Again, we'd like to thank Chris Carlin for joining us. We'll return next week with more coverage of Rutgers football. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.